All right, it's time for another Talking Baseball edition on JAS as we welcome our good friend and pal Jay Cresswell to the show. Normally Joe Finger joins us, but he is unavailable. Uh, but he has selected a TV theme for later and given us some additional commentary, which we'll be happy to relay along. Jay, you're uh, you're you're filling both roles today. It's okay. I'm well. Believe me, I won't be able to fill the intellectual or research role that Joe usually fills. But I'll do my part and then such. Okay, so you're 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 starting pitcher in a doubleheader. Is that is correct? Is how that will, will relate that. So, how you been? Quite well. Um, very excited about baseball. Uh, usually I'm not. Of course, I live in North Texas, so the Rangers are looking good right now. Um, I, I I can't tell you the last time I literally watched all the baseball playoffs. And this year I have. I don't know if it was the expanded format. I don't know if it was. I was happy that the Yankees and Red Sox weren't in it. Um <laughs> And all the uh, favorites, I'm putting in quotes, uh, lost. Um, and I know as much people complain, oh, no one's going to watch this. And no one is watching this, by the way. Who cares? Right. You know, the two fan bases and people who just love baseball are watching it. And I think that's what matters. I'm fired up about the World Series. Yeah, we'll get to that momentarily. Uh, you you know, what was it? Uh, you know. We're about to go into what was it, Game Five? Yes. Yeah. You know, so Rangers up three one. Uh, they were in that position of being on the brink before, uh, yes. uh, back some time ago, back when Ron Washington was the manager and and what. And I remember back in twenty ten when the Rangers were in were in the World Series. I believe that was the yep. Cardinals, wasn't it? Giants. Giants, thank you. 2011 was Cardinals. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so I remember being in in Dallas because I went out there for a UCF-SMU game yep. and left the hotel, walked one down, wandered down the street to a sports bar, couldn't get in. <laughs> it was that fervent. Yep. <laughs> so I go back to the hotel and watch it there. So Watch the game. Well, I'll tell you this. The other thing, Monday night, the Rangers, the Mavericks, and the Stars all won. And Sunday, the day before, the Cowboys had won. So things are firing on all cylinders in North Texas right now. And frankly, usually this time of year is when everyone's talking about the Mavericks. And a friend from out of town who used to live here called me and said, what are people saying about the Mavericks? And I said, who are they? <laughs> I said, with the Cowboys playing like they are and the Rangers in the World Series and the Stars are – one, probably one of the top six or seven teams in the NHL. Uh, the Mavericks are down here right now, mm-hmm. but they're also like three or four and zero right now and playing very well. So it's just a very, very good sports time in North Texas. Yeah, well, that, no, that's that, that is remarkable when a city gets that little kind of hot streak when yeah. when when all the teams are doing well and in contention and, and all that good yeah. stuff. So. And it's not Boston. Yes. <laughs> yes. Give you a bell on that one. <laughs> so I look at I look at this too. You know, you were talking about the expanded playoffs, which which I like. Um, you know, the favorites. You know, you know that I got wounded in that in that exchange yes. uh, with the yes. with the Braves going out. But the, you know, we lost the Braves, we lost the Dodgers, we lost the Orioles. Uh, you know, that's a you know. 
I have mixed emotions about how they seed the playoffs. Yes. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, the Braves getting the Phillies in the second round. You know, I don't know that winning the division got them an advantage. Uh, Agreed. In the, in that Agreed part. with you there. Yeah. And in fact, the, uh, you know, the only one that I was, to me, a major upset was the Braves losing. But then they had the Phillies, and the Phillies are built for this, too. Yes. You know, the Orioles, their plan has come together. This was their first time. Yeah. And they'll be back. Yeah, they might even be ahead of schedule, right? Yes, they are ahead of schedule. And the Dodgers, as any Dodgers fan will tell you, um, they have no pitching. Mm -hmm. You know, Kershaw, he's not a playoff pitcher. He was once, but... And then, you know, all these other guys, their shoulders are falling off and they're not getting it done. Um, I think perhaps they've traded away a lot of their pieces just to get where they're at now. And, uh, you know, they're lucky the Padres are the Padres. And look at Arizona beat them. You know, who who would have ever thought that was going to happen? But that's the magic of, you know, the playoffs. If you get it together at the right time, the Arizona Diamondbacks are in the World Series. Yeah. And I, what I just read today, didn't the, the, I guess the Padres had to take out a $50 million loan to pay yep. expenses and, yeah. and whatnot. That's that's a very troubling situation well, with the payroll they have. Here's the thing. They're a smaller market. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, San Diego is smaller than Pittsburgh and probably St. Louis and Milwaukee, uh, though larger than Cincinnati and Kansas City. But then they run up that huge payroll and sign all these guys, and it's all well and good, but apparently the clubhouse was a very toxic place, and the general manager and the manager did not see eye-to-eye on anything, and the general manager would tell the manager one thing, and he'd tell the players, and then the GM would go directly to the players and tell them something else, and boom, Bob Melvin's out of there. Okay. And I'm sure he couldn't get out of there fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> and the other report I heard was that Juan Soto would not meet with the manager, his boss, unless his agent was sitting with him at the same time. So that's the kind of clubhouse that they have there. And, you know, they spend all their money and they don't have the revenue. Yeah. And they just lost revenue because MLB took over their broadcast. Yeah. So they lost 20% of their revenue right there. So they're in a tough situation financially. Yeah. Yeah. I got a feeling there's going to be a a, a sale, a fire sale. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oof. That's a, that's a dire situation. And, of course, you talk about, you know, the Diamondbacks getting hot. You know, the Rangers had a floundering time coming down the stretch. And sure did. And but but then, you know, I always look at you look at the man at the helm, you know, Bruce Bochy is like, you know, this this guy's rock solid. You know, I I remember when their bullpen was having issues and he he kept running them out there and he 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 basically said, I've got confidence that this is going to work out. I think they worked out whatever their issues were during that, you know, almost two month stretch of not playing well, and most of it was the bullpen. Um, I think they're fine now, although when Aroldis Chapman comes in, you never know what's going to happen. Hold your breath. Um, And that's been his career also. So uh, I think they're getting just enough starting pitching. 
and the hitting is backing it up and it covers up for any possible bullpen meltdowns, which frankly they really haven't had uh, except the nine to one game too. Mm. So, uh, and that's the manager, man. It's, you know, he not only knows which buttons to push, he knows how to push them and how to push them with each player. I mean, Simeon was over the playoffs until the world series and, you know, Seager's been great all along, but then, you know, they, they've had, you know, they had to put Scherzer on the DL. Uh, they had to put uh, Garcia on the DL. And boom, Jankowski comes in and goes two for four and drives in some runs. So that's the manager pushing the right buttons and making sure those guys are ready when their turn comes. Yeah, most definitely. So, you know, we talked about the favorites getting knocked out. We can say, uh, since Joe isn't here, the Twins finally exercised their long losing streak in the yes. in the playoffs. They exercised yep. those demons uh, by taking out the Blue Jays, uh, but then they fall to the Astros, uh, who go into yeah. the, into the ALCS. So, uh, I you know I have found all of this fascinating. Um, talking about the Phillies, you know when they when they beat the Braves, and you know and it was literally deja vu. I mean, it was carbon yep. copy of, of of a year ago. Yep. Now I know you went on a baseball trip recently, uh, taking in Washington and Philadelphia. Kind of give me a sense: is that you know you got to experience the Philly crowd in person? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. I would have had you not asked. Um, I was there on a Saturday afternoon, and this was after they had clinched, so the game didn't matter, and it was 62 and drizzling the whole game. But the atmosphere was unbelievable. Now, we all hear about how Philly fans can be, and I don't mean just the Phillies. I mean Eagles and Flyers and I guess Sixers too. I don't know. Um, but they are certainly fervent. There's a good word for you. Yeah, there and you go. loud and support their team. And frankly, I think probably since it had, they'd already clinched their playoff spot, we didn't see any nastiness in the stands. But I'm telling you, it's an atmosphere that you should experience. Mm. Mind you, don't, I wouldn't have been there wearing your Braves outfit. But um, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do um, it either. <laughs> exactly. And it's funny. My uh, one of my friends from Philly, who I saw a couple weeks ago, first thing he said to me was, "Hey, could, do you have access to World Series tickets in case it's the Phillies and the Rangers?" And I said, "Well, maybe." Um, he goes, "Cause I'll, I'll fly down on a moment's notice." And he said, but I have to let you know, I'll be a Philly a-hole if I'm there. <laughs> and I said, that's fine. You know, nothing would happen to you here. People are a little friendlier. Um, but that's the kind of fans they are. And the atmosphere, even for a game that didn't matter, was just spectacular. Plus, I saw the Philly fanatic in person, which I'd never seen before. So. Ah, that's, you know, that's worth the price of admission by itself. Yes, it is. Yes, so, and I had a Pat's cheesesteak too, so that was good. Ah, okay, yeah, you 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 touched all the hot points there. I did. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, you got to take in the Nationals. Had, was that your first time there as well? Yes, it was. They were playing the Braves that weekend. Okay, and I went Friday and Sunday, and it was sixty-two and drizzling on both of those days. <laughs> that was the theme for the weekend, and that's okay because it hadn't rained here in four months. So to go somewhere where it's cooler and wetter was fine. And Nationals Park is really nice. The, the thing that I like best about it is they dug down 
and put the field down below street level. So you walk in and you look down or you walk down to your seats. Okay, that's nice. So it doesn't protrude up in the neighborhood. And that, you know, that wasn't such a nice neighborhood for many years. But now it's right, it's right on the metro. It's about three blocks from the metro stop there. And it's the Navy Yard stop, which makes me think of NCIS every time I get up there. And there's, you know, bars and restaurants and yuppified condos and stuff around that area. I imagine it's kind of dead when there isn't a Nationals game there. But the atmosphere there also was good. And I have to share a brave story with you. Ah, good. So earlier this year, I got to see in-person Shohei Otani at a home run. Friday night, I got to, at, at, at the Nationals Park. I saw Ronald Acuna lead off with a home run ah. to left field. And so I saw both of the MVP candidates, you know, in the same year in person. And before Sunday's game, there was a couple in front of us. And it was a boyfriend-girlfriend, pretty obvious. And she had on a Braves World Series jersey with Acuna and the patches and everything. Okay. And he had an Acuna jersey, but it wasn't a World Series jersey. And Acuna was down signing autographs. They opened like a little gate there now that there's, you know, netting and fencing and everything right at the end of the dugout. And we were we were in row S, so we weren't that far back. And the two of them ran down there. And there's a huge crowd, of course, because Acuna's there. And I don't know, 10 minutes later, they come running back up the stairs. She's from Venezuela. And she had taken with her a Venezuelan flag. And Acuna not only signed the flag, he kind of dragged her into the picture and took a picture with her with a huge smile on his face. And she ran up the stairs going, he signed it, he signed it. Nice. So it was just great. And that's baseball right there. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. Yep, it was great. Can't help but love it. Great park. And, you know, thanks to people I used to work with, I didn't pay for any tickets. Um, the tickets were great. Uh, you know, the food was fine. I could have ordered right there, but no, we walked around and checked out the park and all the stuff. I didn't get to have any uh, of the bulls, a barbecue from Greg Luzinski ah. in Philly because we ate before the game. So um, there's a vicinity, uh, facility right outside the park there called Xfinity Live. And it's all three parks are there. You know, where the Sixers and Flyers play and where the Eagles play and where the Phillies play. They're in a big parking lot in South Philly. Not a good neighborhood, but they're all centrally located. It's right off of 95. And Xfinity Live, it's like, um, what's the place called in Atlanta? Oh, the Battery. Yeah. The Battery here, it's called Texas Live. It's like that. It's smaller, though, because they built a long time ago. But a bunch of restaurants and bars. And since we were there on a Saturday afternoon, it was college football. So there were a lot of college football jerseys in there, and you couldn't hear yourself think. Mm. But we had a great time eating there and having some beers before we went over to the game. It's a really they thought it out well. Yeah, that, no, that's. I think that's going to be the continued trend uh, for Major League Baseball cities uh, as, yep. as they try to, you know, you know. One day the A's will be in somewhere, right in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, you know, they'll they'll probably have something because. Are they, I believe they're going to do the baseball stadium near the uh, 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 the football stadium there. I, yep. I understand. So, yep. yeah, I think there's more of that to come uh, in yeah, the future. Yeah, and I think what you'll find with baseball especially is if it's not downtown, it will be someplace where they can build up 
around it, like the battery or like Texas Live or like Xfinity Live there, where it makes it a destination. Um, you know, frankly, here, Arlington, Texas is not a destination for anything, even though Jerry World is right there in the old baseball parks across the street. There's nothing else there. So they built Texas Live with 14 restaurants and bars and all this. And now it's kind of a happen in place, just like at the battery. And I think that's the trend. You know, it'll either be downtown or it'll be somewhere where the team buys a bunch of land and can develop the area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the let's let's talk about the Diamondbacks a little bit first. So you know they sure. you know they had to you know they had to uh, uh, conquer the uh, the Dodgers uh, to get uh, to get where they were going. By the way, funny story. Uh, just a quick aside. So when the Braves and the Dodgers were still in the playoffs, by you know. My, my sister uh, was in town, who's a Dodgers fan, and she says, well, you know, good luck to your Braves tonight. And I said, thanks. And I didn't say anything back. And she goes, well, you're not going to wish my team luck? I said, no, I can't do that. <laughs> nope. Nope. I hate nope. your team. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, so Arizona, you know, they, they kind of they get it hot at the right time. You know, Toy Lovello, you know, what was it, two years ago, they had, like, one of the worst baseball records ever, ever, ever. That's correct. <laughs> and look where they are now. You know, it's amazing. You know, I know you go through this with the pirates. Yep. You know, the, the fortitude to stick with that until it turns is, you yep. know, it, it's, it's gotta be excruciating to get, oh, sure. to go, 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 go all the way to the bottom and fight your way back up. Yeah. And, you know, I think they did it the right way, Arizona, that is. They stuck with it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'm sure they're probably a little early on their uh, projected timeline as well. But when you get this close, you go for it. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want one of those leaderships saying, well, this isn't part of our five-year plan. Our plan is to be good next year. No, no, no. If you're this close, you go for it now. Mm -hmm. And then you deal with the consequences and move forward. I think they're to be congratulated for having the patience to stick with the plan. And like you said, two years ago, they were awful. I mean, awful, but they had sowed the seeds. They had some youngsters and then they just started adding pieces. They did it the right way. Didn't they lose something like over 20 games in a row at some yes. point during that awful season? Yes. I mean, and I think they only had, and while that was happening, they only had single digit wins. <laughs> yep. Yes, you're right. It was it was unbelievable, and they stuck with it. Yeah, well, it, it goes to show you. So yeah, so basically, you know, we had two teams in the postseason that we could say were ahead of schedule. We could say Baltimore, and we could sure. say Arizona. All right, so Absolutely. yeah, so give me the lowdown on the Rangers. You know, they if I'm not if I recall correctly, I think the Astros pretty much owned them during the regular season. Yeah, uh, it was like I don't even know how many times they played, but the Astros or five or six games over 500 against the Rangers. Yeah. It was as if they almost it was an assumed thing, especially road teams. The Astros could only win on the road this year. They would come here and just wipe out the Rangers. Yeah. So, you know, going into the ALCS, the prevailing theme was, well, the Astros are going to take this and, and go back to the world series. Yep. Unfortunately for them, uh, no such thing happened. I, you know, no one, I, I could tell you this, no one here expected this either. Mm -hmm. You know, it was it was assumed, oh, well, we made it this far. We're in the final four. You know, the Astros are going to come in here and uh, 
go, you know, four to one against us. Did not happen. And I don't think it's the fault of the Astros, frankly. I think the Rangers just played that well. The pitching for sure, but the hitting just came out of, you know, those guys have been there and they spent two months of the year not hitting Mm -hmm. while the bullpen was imploding. And suddenly it all came around. And again, I give every bit of credit to Bruce Bochy for managing the situation and knowing when to sit people and knowing when to pat someone on the back or knowing when to kick someone in the butt. Um, you, You can't buy that. You know, and frankly, even though the last couple of managers who weren't here long were good managers and they were better with the younger players because they were former players, they needed someone who's been there and done that. And that's Bruce Bochy. So I think he, you know, explained to the Rangers, we got this far. Who cares that they're the Astros? Just play your game and we'll be fine. And they believed him. Yeah. And that's an interesting point you bring up, too, about, you know, the been there, done that, that manager, right? You know, the Astros needed somebody to settle the ship, so they get Dusty yes. Baker, you know? Yes. You know, it's, it, and it, it is remarkable when you look at the older veteran managers, even though the game is entirely different than when they started managing, a lot of things still remain the same in the basics on how you run a clubhouse. Yes. You know, how you, how you deal with your players and, you know, you look at Brian Snicker. I mean, you know, he's, he's in that mold as well. Uh, You know, the old school, but they, they just know, you know, no matter the player veteran rookie, they know how to navigate the differences in those players. Yes. So that's that to me is a is a, is a great sign, and and Bochi comes along really just the right time, perfect timing. Well, last year they got Simeon and Seager and paid them. You know they 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 have the money. Mm-hmm. They just weren't willing to use it. You know, and even though he gets criticized a lot, John Daniels, the former general manager, put a lot of these guys in the system. And then you know last year they went out and got Simeon and Seager, and they didn't really deliver last year, but this year especially Seager, his OPS is 1.136 in the World Series right now. Yeah, yeah he's, he's – I, I mean, come on. Yeah, he's 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 like magic in the playoffs. Yeah, and, the, you know, that two-run home run he hit, you know, to tie the game in the bottom of the ninth of the first game, and he knew it. That's the thing. Those, You know, you've got your manager who's been there and done that, but you have guys like this that – the, the situation is not too big for them. Mm-hmm. And both of those guys fit fit the bill. I mean, you know, the younger guys, Carter and, you know, and Garcia and the rest of, and Jung and the rest of the line, Heim, you know, they haven't been there before, but they're just calm and cool and collected too. And I think that comes from watching the two big guys and from their manager. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. So now it's, you know, it's, it's, Put up or shut up time now, right? They're 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 on the doorstep. <laughs> Absolutely. I and you know, frankly, on my friend's social media here today, there's a lot of, oh, I hope they lose tonight so they can win it back here. And people that know better have said, shut up. <laughs> Don't say that. We want them to win, period. Yes. And winning now is easier than winning game six or game seven. So don't even think that. Yes. And and I and I never understood that because you know what? 
it doesn't matter where they win. You can start your celebration. That is correct. Immediately, no matter what. Yeah. (laughs) Well, here's another, uh, this discussion today. If the Rangers win, where will the parade be? Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington. Mm. And it turns out, I found out today from a friend of mine uh, who works in many of those bars and restaurants at Texas Live, it will be there. Okay. It will be there between Jerry World and, you know, and Globe Life Field and Park. And so they'll do it in Arlington and they can put a ton of people there because there's no buildings there. It's just flat and parking spaces. So they can do it there. I mean, there is no downtown Arlington. You know, that's always been the problem. But now that they have the bars and restaurants there, they can do that. So if 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 they win, that is where the parade will be. Ah, fascinating. You know, the Braves won. They went they they started in downtown. Did a did a little motorcade through there. Then they got on buses and went up to the battery. Oh, good idea. Yeah. And then the and they and they had those like double decker buses where the players were on top. You could see them oh, that's and, great. And stuff like that's that. That's really smart. Yeah, that was that was that was pretty spectacular. So Yeah. The trouble here is they can't do downtown because you pick Dallas or Fort Worth. Yeah. Yeah. And what is it? Is uh Arlington like right in the middle? Smack dab in the middle. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's uh that does present its own challenge. Uh, yes, with, it does. With that. Well, I know having you know been in Arlington with you for a Cowboys game, uh, there's plenty of expensive parking available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what the World Series parking is going for now. Oh. Um, I mean, just for a Cowboys game, it's 75 or 100, and, that, and you still off the walk. Yeah. You know, I, I, when the Super Bowl 45 was there, I parked about a mile and a half away um at six flags which is right there also and it was 50 bucks for the super bowl but it was over there (laughs) and you know when when you and keith and i went um we parked way 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 and that was still expensive it's just everything there is for parking that that's all there is to it yeah yeah that's a a great side business for a lot of people for sure absolutely (laughs) that's for sure all right, so uh, let's chat a little football. Um, let's start with your Steelers, and I'm going to give you an opening line that our friend Keith gave me. Uh, he was following somebody uh, uh, who was doing some commentary on social media during the game and said, okay, the, there's the kickoff. Steelers uh, will start their possession. Time for bathroom break. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Four straight three and outs on Sunday. Um and the problem is the first play, pick it through long down the middle, and it went off the hands of Deontay Johnson. It was he overthrew it, but he you know what, if you get your hands on it in the NFL, you're supposed to hold on to it. Yeah. So uh four straight three and outs. The punter had a bad day. Um you could just smell it coming. And th- their MO has been sucking for the first three quarters and then just pulling it out in the fourth, for example, against the Rams. Pickett was 10 out of 11 in the fourth quarter and two touchdowns, Right, you know, and he is that that kind of quarterback. Um, But here's the thing. They have an easy schedule, relatively speaking, but they're still going to end up nine and eight. 
Mm. You know, or if they're lucky, 10 and 7, and then probably pay Jacksonville in the first round of the playoffs. Mm. And they just don't play well against them. I mean, the defense got three turnovers uh, against Jacksonville, and the team still lost by 10 points and only scored 10 points. That's because your defense did not score a touchdown. <laughs> that is correct. I mean, they have to count on that. <laughs> you know, and Minka Fitzpatrick's out now with a hamstring, and they play tomorrow night against Tennessee. Doesn't matter that it's at home. Uh, it you know the negativity is really bubbling to the top, and although most of the criticism comes on Matt Canada's shoulders, the offensive coordinator, and it's deserved, I might add, um, but you still have to make plays, and they're not doing it. Yeah. The offensive line isn't holding up. Najee Harris is running into brick walls, and a lot of that's on him too. Um, and then they're dropping passes, and Kenny, you know, I I'm I'm starting to worry there that he may not be the man uh the entire league knows now when he's pressured he will roll out to the left and so now they rush such that when he rolls out he runs into somebody mm. um the the team is very good at play action pass they never run play action pass mm-hmm. uh, he is 12 for 12 on quarterback sneaks and on fourth and one they call a run pass option that's a coordinator problem mm. uh so it's the offense's fault and the defense is on the field way too long and getting worn out and now hurt and so that's the problem there uh the other thing is and i can't remember what it was it was you know the fire canada chants at the stadium are now becoming a joke because they're doing that at the hockey games in <laughs> <Yep>. pittsburgh <laughs> and of course if they're playing a team from canada they, they, they want to know why they want them to fire the whole country so Hopefully we'll forget about that and play a solid game tomorrow night. You know, they're four and three, uh, Baltimore six and two, but they're tied with Cleveland and Cincinnati. And, you know, it looks like Baltimore and Cincinnati will probably be the playoff teams there. And then the Steelers and Browns will fight it out for the last wild card spot. Well, it's also interesting too. And you got to hate having to play a Thursday night. The Thursday night football package is just so bad because awful. You know the 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 lack of time between the Sunday and Thursday game. You know they've got to find a way to work the buy in so that Agreed. so that you know because the the product's terrible when I, when the Cowboys have played on those Thursday night games, it's been just dreadful. It is, yeah, it, and so you, you know you've already got a, you know, enough issues on offense to go into yeah, this. plus injuries now yeah. and Thursday night, yeah. Um, I did see a TikTok the other day. Uh, now, I don't typically go on TikTok, but this is one that was shared on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter, I still will not call it X. Same um, here. Um, that uh, somebody found Matt Canna's playbook, and they were flipping through it. It was in crayon. <laughs> <laughs> not surprising. Yeah. And probably somewhat accurate. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, all kinds, all kinds of issues there. So, uh all right, so you there you're in the home base of of my team, the Cowboys, who are yep. coming off a uh, a rather large victory over the Rams on Sunday. Um this will be interesting. They get the Eagles this week. You know, they the, the last contender opponent they played uh in yeah. the 49ers pretty much mopped them up. Uh that was uh that was a their probably their worst performance of the year. So It was. So so far, the trend is the Cowboys either win by 20 or lose by 20, right? 
very inconsistent, although still a very good team. Yeah. And this one's in Philly. Yep. Uh, so it could be wet and or cold and uh, brutal fans, I might add. But I think this is the game that will tell them who they really are. Yeah. You know, even losing a close game will be okay because it'll prove that they hang in there and they didn't suddenly lose by 20 this time right. against their real opponent. Yeah. I think I think you're I think you're right about that. I think Sunday Dak played his best game of the season. He was Agreed. he was he was very very sharp. Um so I think you know get the bye week before probably did did them some good uh to get to get in 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 shape there and you know and the defense just is is amazing and it's yeah, not and they're missing people. Yeah. And it's and it's not just Micah Parsons. Right. Yeah, I they put that together so well. Um, you know, the offense yeah, still know, has some work. Yeah, they got it work. has some work. And I'll tell you this: as great as the defense is, all the talk in North Texas is about Dak. Mm-hmm. Either he's not your guy, or shut up, you're a hater, or oh my god, next year he's going to cost us forty million. And you know, the answer is that's the going rate. Yeah. Okay. That's the going right. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and we know he can play. He just has his inconsistencies, Mm -hmm. but that's all that is harped on here is with the defense playing. Like you can't imagine all anyone cares about here is what Dak is doing. Yeah. And unfortunately that is unfortunate uh, when, when when you, when you look at that and then, you know, I also think, if you look at the last couple of performances from Dak, it's pretty well correlated to CD Lamb's getting the ball. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the given. Just get the ball to him. Yeah. You know, and that just opens up so many other things. I know there's been some concern about Tony Pollard not having the season that expected, but I also kind of go back to, I mean, he broke his ankle late in the season last year. Yeah, he was still, injured. That still takes a while to get back. Yeah, he's not himself. He's not 100%. No way. Yeah. It so, might be next year before he is. Yeah. I mean, he's still good enough to make big plays. But, Absolutely. But, you know, and and I love the line Brad Sham had regarding Rico Dowdle. He runs with violence. Yes. <laughs> There's no better way to describe it. And, and so I expect him to get some more touches as the season goes along, too. Um, there's a feature on Good Morning Football every Monday called Angry Runs mm-hmm. that uh, Kyle Brandt does. Then they, they feature those kind of runs, and, ju- you know, they they overdo it, of course, but it makes its point, and he does run with violence. Yeah, so that's a, so I think that's an opportunity for them to kind of utilize the two-back uh, yep. situation there. So, uh, yeah, and, and like I said, Micah Parsons is – Still doing Micah Parsons things, but you know, yes. you look at Deron Bland, how he has stepped up with Diggs wow. being out. Yep. Uh, you know that that is huge. Uh, you know, and you know they they they've made a lot of right moves. It seems like every guy they plug in into the defense, yeah, finds a way to contribute. And here's the thing: Bland hasn't been torched either, mm-hmm. and that happens to Diggs every now and then yeah. because he's such a ball hawk, but. Guess who the ball hawk was this past week? So <laughs> I, they just plugged him in, and man, he's playing. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's done he's done a remarkable job. And then 
uh, you know, and, and the Gilmore pickup was big in the off season. Yes. That's definitely certainly paying off too. I, I have to think, and I, it's, it sounds weird to say this. My, my real concern with the Cowboys has been the offensive line. Yes. Um, you know, they've had some injury there. Uh, so they haven't really been able to be consistent. Uh, but you know, you still have Zach Martin. Yeah, best know. guard ever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard to argue that, right? Yep. <laughs> it's hard to argue. Uh, that. Tyron Smith says he's playing this week, so well, that'll be good. So yes, yes. having both of the Smith boys, yes, uh, yeah, uh, will 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 be big. So uh, lots lots to you know. It's by NFL standards, we're st- we're still very early on. Is uh, sure, uh, but I like the fact that you know. This is good. Going on the road against Philadelphia, I'd I'd, ra- I'd rather do it now than later in the season. So, yep. so this is a this is definitely a, a good opportunity for them. Also, and I was having this NFL thought earlier this week. Um, you know, no one team is standing out. Uh, you know, the Chiefs looked awful against Denver, and I know Mahomes had the flu, but you know, the Denver defense did a number on them on the whole team. Mm-hmm. And, his receivers are still dropping passes right and left. But the Eagles, they're banged up. You know, the Cowboys are inconsistent. Uh, Baltimore is 6-2, and two, but, you know, they lost to the Steelers, and that shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And I, I, there's no one else standing out. I think the probably the fastest on-the-rise team right now is Cincinnati because Burrow is back. Yeah. Um, and if they can keep him upright, I, I think you'll see the Bengals coming on and winning the division there. But other than that, there's, you know, usually there was the Patriots standing out or the Chiefs were standing out or someone, you know, the Packers. No, there isn't any of that. And I think that's a bit of parody. And I'm all in favor of parody, by the way. So, yeah. well, if you look at, you know, Miami's had their flashes. Yeah, you know Buffalo's been kind of inconsistent when you look at when you yeah. when you look at them. Yeah, uh, they're up and down. Yeah, and then you know, I mean, uh, NFC. It's 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 kind of fun to watch the Lions. Uh, yeah, you know that's uh that's 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 a good story this year. Um, and then you look at what ha- is what happening in, in Green Bay. You know, with uh, Jordan Love ain't the guy. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, I think halfway through his first season, it's fairly obvious. Yeah. And then, of course, we had the big treat over the weekend, the Jets and the Giants, and they played. It was such a spectacular game. They even gave us overtime. I know. Please don't. <laughs> Somebody miss a kick somewhere. Oh, wait, they did. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, boy, that was bad. That was- and who's the Giants quarterback this week? Oh, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, Tyrod Taylor's played pretty fairly well, especially compared to Daniel Jones. But um, you know, who, or who are they going to? They got a rookie playing this week. Yep. And Josh Dobbs is going to play for Minnesota on his seventh team in seven years. And even though he is he is a rocket scientist in real life. Yep. And perhaps one of the nicer people in the history of sports. He's one in nine as a starter. So they brought him to Minnesota, and he's got to learn a new offense and start on Sunday. That I don't care who they're playing. That's not a good position to be in. Yeah, and not to mention, I mean, the Cardinals were probably three or four breaks away from like starting the season four and one. 
<laughs> that is correct. I know. Everyone thought, oh, they're not good. No, no, no. See how close they are. Yeah. And then, but yeah, got to give it to Dobbs, though. I mean, and, and, and that was, and I, I love the fact that he had a good sense of humor that he didn't have his jersey in the team store. And yeah. he did a bit on it. <laughs> that was funny. That was really good. Oh, yeah. So and the other thing, I watched um, Seattle and Cleveland on Sunday, and I, I can't even tell you who Cleveland's quarterback is because they've had three of them in the last three weeks. Um, but he was okay. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he made one bad throw, but he, he was moving them up and down the field. It's just Seattle was a better team. P.J. Walker, and then, right? Yes, that's yes, right. Yeah, Correct. Yeah. And then the Bears had this, you know, Division Two guy out there who won his first game and went crazy, and he's marching him up and down the field on Sunday. Then he threw a couple to the wrong team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's you can't find that guy, you know, for example, here, Dak Prescott. He's better than all those people. Yes. Stop complaining. Yes. You could be stuck with those guys. Yes. you. And that brings up a good point. You know, for a league that is built around the quarterback position, there's a lot of terrible quarterback play going on right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you go, who stands out? You know, I mean, hurts, but he's hurt. Yeah. You know, he's limping around out there, and you just try to pick and choose these guys, and Stafford's been in, you know, it's they're all over the place. Yeah. I mean, other than, you know, I mean, Mahomes isn't really having a Mahomes-type season nope. quite this year either. Um, nope. So, yeah, it is. it is. And circling back to Dak, it's like, I always used to say say to the the haters back in the day when Romo was the quarterback, and it's like, okay, well, who are we going to get to replace him? Yep. <laughs> it's like, yep. You know how many how many quarterbacks did the Cowboys go through before Romo finally took took the uh, reins? Like fourteen quarterbacks. Quincy Carter, and you can just go on and on and on. They ran Ryan <laughs> Leaf out there for God's sake. Oh yes. Oh my God. <laughs> well, and. Was it was Bledsoe here too? Bledsoe was the guy that uh, Romo displaced. That's correct. Yes, that is correct. Yes. And here's the other thing, and I know this gets used a lot and probably overused. So let's say they move on from Dak. He'll have a job in five minutes somewhere else. Oh God, yeah. That that, that will not thing. that will not take time at all. You know, no. You know, and. Cooper Rush, God bless him. You know, he did great last year filling in for Dak. He did what he was supposed to do as the exactly. backup quarterback. But you, you 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 tell me you want Cooper Rush to be your starter for 17 no. games? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah, it is it is uh, it is mind boggling. So uh the NFL is definitely the the great soap opera uh that Absolutely. Uh, that, cons- that consumes our lives for sure. So Oh, I I have a, one more on the NFL. Oh, yes, please. The NFL Sunday ticket had big problems this past Sunday. So I now, heard. It, it did not affect me for some reason. Uh, mind you, I was watching Pittsburgh-Jacksonville, and it was the national game here. Um, but Same I here. always have the Sunday ticket on the on the Roku so that I can flip back and forth there. And I had zero problems, but apparently there were massive buffering issues everywhere. Yes, I had heard that. As well, uh, I was not affected uh, by that. Um, the Cowboys game was on here in Orlando because uh, yep. that was pretty much a national one o'clock game. It was uh, the Steelers Jaguars, obviously, was on here. 
Uh, yep. Uh, so uh, I was, they did bail out of the Cowboy game when it was a runaway and then put the Eagles and in, 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 uh, the, the Washington football team Washington. on. Yeah. So I ended up getting, I ended up getting YouTube uh, Sunday, t- the Sunday ticket. I didn't get a whole, the whole YouTube. I just bought Sunday ticket. I yep. did that. I did that little deal with DirecTV. Um, yes, they'll uh, pay for it for you. Yeah, basically they give you the the, the gift card equivalent of money to yes. reimburse. They're basically just reimbursing you. Uh, yes, uh, for, that was pretty smart on their behalf. By yes, the so so I had the Cowboys game on locally. So I was not a. I saw a little bit on on Twitter that yeah, there's some buffering issues going on. By the time I flipped over, they they had fixed it. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so so typically I have the Cowboys game on one TV and I have the uh, the red zone on on the other. Um, sure. Speaking of the red zone, that's a they had they had a little bit of a glitch where I guess somebody had uh, at, at least it, it had to be a direct TV because I checked with somebody else and they didn't see it, but somebody had turned on the closed captioning. Oh geez. And it was it was kind of large. It was like took up like you know a big corner of the screen, and and so I'm wondering. So like I'm checking my my settings on Directv, and I was like, well, I don't have it on. So what's going on here? And then it finally went away. But the one thing I did notice, it was the most clean closed captioning I have ever seen. There were no typos, none. It was like I'm sure. I'm sure Scott Hansen's sitting there typing it while he's doing everything else. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they have definitely paid for the upper-level version of AI uh, to, to make that happen. Uh, but but I was annoyed because, like, you know, it's taking about part of the, part of the you know, you already lose part of the screen at the bottom. Yeah. You know, it's like... You're a- sitting there doing this with the remote control and it won't go away. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, so that was kind of crazy. I'm still more of a Siciliano fan than uh, than Scott oh, Hansen. Um, by the way, I, found, I I don't know if you noticed, but they run that red zone on 703 as well as 211 because 703 was their red zone channel. Yes, it was. Yeah, but oh, and it's it's free this weekend on Directv. So yeah. if, for those who didn't purchase Red Zone, it'll be on there. Yes, so. I refuse to watch it on 703 in respect to Andrew Siciliano. I'll watch I it on 211. I will never watch it on 703. <laughs> well, and 704 was the fantasy. Yes. Uh, and um, Lindsay Rhodes used to host that. Yep. Yep. And now she's online doing something else because it's gone from DirecTV as well. I don't know why they couldn't do a fantasy type thing. I don't either. Yeah. Other- it's not an NFL product. I don't see why they couldn't do that. Yeah. Very, very interesting stuff there. So, uh, but yeah, uh, the kind of money they're asking for, you know, you can't, you can't have, you can't have glitches like that. Well, I bought it way early. So I got the hundred dollar discount. Mm-hmm. So it was three forty nine for the season. And I will tell you this through eight weeks, I haven't needed it once to watch my team, uh, which gives me pause for next year. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I used I, I did it I did it once, and that was only because of the the the, the reimbursement offer is the yeah. only reason I did it. If it, sure, um, otherwise I was just going to continue. I'm just going to listen to it on on Sirius, uh, yeah, and get through and get through that. So, 
you know, I may I may not pony up for it next year. And 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 for a guy who hadn't paid for it in years, it was very painful to pay for. <laughs> yes, I understand that. <laughs> that was a that was definitely a a, a blow to that. So, uh, uh, one other thing I just wanted to bring up, only because the news broke this afternoon, so uh, we got to pour one out for Bobby Knight. The oh, I did not hear. Yeah, so he passed away at the age of eighty three today. <laughs> Um, wow. So I know he hadn't been well. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, he's been ill for some time. So you look at Bobby Knight and this, in this, you know, he might be one of the most polarizing figures sure. in sports history. When you look at his antics, he was a great basketball coach. Absolutely. You cannot ever dispute that. Um, you know, so what, what do you immediately think of, you know, with, with Bobby Knight? I picture him throwing the chair across the floor. Um, I was not a fan. Uh, I, I fully admit he was a great basketball coach. And the documentary on the 76 Indiana team that was 30-0 and 0 is really, really well done. Mm-hmm. But just the way he would run his mouth and act in public, and I know maybe it's because he was an old man. I mean, if, if, I'm sorry. But, if you know, you hear some of the things Mike Ditka says these days – they should just keep him away from the microphone. Yeah. And I think that was Bobby Knight as well. And you know what? He was going to get his, and he did, and they got rid of him. And uh, I'm not going to put down his coaching abilities, but here's another, and I'll just quickly relate this. Yes. There's a great article in The Athletic today about John Calipari, and it basically says that he's lost it Mm. at Kentucky. And – you know, he's going through the motions is what it says. And he alienated everybody that was covering for him. He's a great coach, but everyone else did all the work that enabled him to be a great coach. Mm-hmm. And eventually they all left. So he's exposed now. Yeah. And although he is not the, uh, you know, the Bobby Knight chair throwing person, he's always had some shady uh, looking deals to the way he operates. Got baggage, yeah. yeah. That's the best way of saying it. And uh, it reminded me of Bobby Knight. It's funny you brought that up. Yeah. So, yeah, and you look at that, and, you know, and then you, you know, uh, I forget which school hired Rick Pitino. Uh, I'm blanking. Was it St. John's? It is St. John's. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, you know, certainly a guy with tons of baggage. Yes. He goes to a lower level school to rehab himself essentially and yeah. and you know he talks about how grateful he is and all that. It's like if you're so grateful, why don't you stay there? I know. You know, that's it, it, I know. It, it it's like, well, I'm gonna get I'm not gonna get the uh the, the big job that I wanted someday and, and it, No he's not. Yeah. So he it, should continue going around and giving motivational speeches, <laughs> which are very, he's very good at. Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, those are all one and dones. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is, it, it is interesting, but yeah, I know. I think it, it is, it is difficult. You know, when you, when you have a guy like Bobby Knight who acts like such an ass, yep. you know, let's, I mean, don't cut corners on that. Right. It's hard to respect even though he's a great coach, you yep. know, and it's, it's just sad that that taints his legacy, if you will. Well, look at Woody Hayes, you know, at Ohio state, yeah. punching out that kid on the everywhere. I think it's time Woody needs to, you know, 
go sit in the golf cart for a while. And, you know, eventually a lot of those guys get to that point where we can't just have that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, very interesting and, uh, and, and sad story in, in, it is. In, in commentary on that. So, all right. So last time we were together, Dopey here didn't do the TV themes that you and Joe gave me. Yeah. I had them all, I, I had them all on the board. I had them all ready to go and I'm just, doop de doop de doo and off the off we go. So uh Jay is now uh you know in charge of reminding me when I do not yes. fulfill the obligations of the T V themes. So we're Of course. Yeah. Happy to do so. <laughs> so we will do that. So what do we want to do? Want to do yours first? You want to do Joe's first? Let's do Joe's. Okay. So let me see. Uh where did I have that queued up on the board? Uh all right. So at the time Joe gave us gave us the theme, uh, the the late great Bob Barker had just passed. So yes. we were going to uh, they basically uh, eulogize and and uh, and honor him with that. So uh, we will start with uh, that theme. So we can also say Bob Barker was probably the greatest babysitter in American history, right? Especially <laughs> for six school kids. Yes. <laughs> so think about his uh, the tenure. He did. Did he do like thirty years on The Price Is Right? Yes. Yeah, I would say that was right. Yes. And long before that, he had done Truth or Consequences for a pretty long time as well. Remember that? Yeah. What a talented guy! Yeah, just, just had. Yeah, I, I guess you just hear him talk and to see him, it was just a warm feeling. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was not unlike Johnny Carson on the Tonight Show. That's another great it example. Was, it was like an old friend, and you just felt at home whenever you were watching Bob Barker host The Price Is Right. Yes, and he knew how to bring out the best in the contestants. Sure did. Yeah. I mean, he would poke them when they needed it or drag them out of their, you know, their mild and meek mannered stuff. He was just so, and he'd make fun of them too. But when Bob Barker makes fun of you, that's, that's a compliment. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And of course he, uh, uh, also had, when they did the game with the, with the putting, he was a great putter. Yes, <laughs> absolutely was. Yes. And of course, uh, we got to see his, 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 a uh, little bit of his golf skills in happy Gilmore. Yep. And fighting skills. <laughs> yeah, and fighting, right, right. <laughs> that was such a great scene. <laughs> uh, didn't um Barker's Beauties yes. became a, a major part of the show as well. Yes. Especially for sick high school boys that were staying home watching the prices <laughs> or thank you. That was well deserved. That although Bob kept his company, it was always, oh my God, I hope one of the girls comes out in a boat. Yes. You know? Or a hot tub. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, even better. Yes. <laughs> yes, that was always that was always the the thrill. Of course, uh there was that controversy of uh later in the prices right tenure. Um it, it was Janice Pennington, right, that uh, brought the yes. the the allegations of sexual harassment 
and whatnot. Yes. So there's a lot of different stories there, um, which we won't dig, dig and delve deep into. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I think he was able to get kind of get past that, uh, yes. that controversy. Um, but, yeah, Barker's Beauties was a thing. Uh, there was Janice. There was Holly. And since Joe had, had presented the theme, uh, Joe did want to pass along his favorite model, model was Manuela. Yes. Yes. Excellent choice, Joe. Yes. Yes. So yeah, we give uh, we yeah, <laughs> we give Joe a round of applause for that one. So yes, uh, we do. So yeah, and then have you have you did you did you watch the prices right with Drew Carey at all? Yes, I have. Um, especially when it's on at night. Okay. They're now running the prices right at night, and he does just fine. And yeah. you know. I'll bet there's a generation that didn't know that he was a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Or that he had a sitcom. Yes. You know, they just think of him as the guy who took over on The Price is Right. Yeah. And I think that's to his credit. Yes. And what I also find remarkable about that, he did the smart thing. He was himself. He was not Bob Barker, right? That is exactly right. Yeah. And because people would see right through that. Yes, exactly. So so I remember, so when, when The Price is Right started... I think it was originally a half hour. Yep. And then they expanded to an hour. Then they also expanded to evenings and syndication. Um, So I believe Dennis James was the original host in syndication. Yes. And then then Bob Barker took over that. And then I believe, did it kind of go out of syndication and come back in? Yes. Rebooted. And I believe uh, Tom Kennedy. Was, yes. the, was the third host of that show. Yep, I remember Tom as well. Yes, I'll take game show host for High 100, Alex. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's surpri- I am almost surprising myself uh, remembering all that. Um, okay. But yeah, so yeah, the cultural phenomenon of that, and, and uh, uh, I may have asked you this before, do you remember Tracy Clayton in the Orlando radio business? I do not. Okay, so Tracy um, had worked at WDBO uh, and then came over to work from WKIS. He was a producer, um, and, and uh, like at WDBO back when they had the Starship. Yep. So he was he was the guy who who handled all all the the technical stuff on the remotes and everything like if they like that. So uh, Tracy went on. To, to, he's nowadays he, he you know he he works in IT and stuff like that. But he was actually a contestant on the Price oh, is wow. Right. <laughs> so That's I know a great story. Yeah, so I know somebody's been on the show. Um, uh, did he win anything? Uh, he did not. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but you know, uh, I th- I think yeah, just getting on there is a a, pre- a pretty cool thing. And I guess now the audience size is much smaller. Yeah, since they came back from COVID, they narrowed it way down, and there are many fewer people there. Yeah, so that I kind of miss. I think that's uh, me too. Yeah, I think that's kind of a better experience. But uh, uh, the Price is Right certainly, you know, one of the all-time great game shows uh, that uh, have been gracing television screens for a long, long time. So, thankfully, yes, absolutely. All right, so we have another TV theme. Your selection. I'm going to play it right now.
works for me. <laughs> so that's the TV theme from Hunter. Yeah. Starring Fred Dreyer and Stephanie Kramer. Yes. Yes. Uh, a wonderful uh, 80s cop show. It was 84 through 91 on NBC. And the first season, the first few episodes, they put it up against Dallas. Whew. And it got creamed. So they took it off the air for a few weeks and then moved it to Saturday night where it stuck until the final season. And, you know, it's Fred Dreyer, of course, played for the Rams. was a very good football player, but he always wanted to be an actor. And I learned today reading on Wikipedia, of course, that he was considered for the role of Sam Malone on Cheers. Yes. Which Ted Danson eventually won. But he would have been good at that role. I think you know, so, just, too. Just the way he is. And it's funny, after the first season of Hunter, um, he held out for more money and more creative control. And they sued him for breach of contract. And then, of course, they all came to an agreement. And the producer then quit because he didn't like working with Fred Dreyer. And there's a lot of this through the seven-year history of the show to the point where after the sixth season, Stephanie Kramer quit because she wanted to work on her music career. And she had a couple of, you know, albums out there that didn't do anything. Although she had a lovely voice. Yes. Um, and so they hired a new partner for Hunter in the seventh season. And she hated him so badly that halfway through that season, she quit. So they wrote her out by getting her killed off. <laughs> and they brought in another female partner. And they finished out that season. And by then the ratings were starting to slide. And that was the end of the show after seven seasons. Now, of course, on that theme song, the little bridge in the middle with the keyboards tells you immediately, Mike Post wrote this song. Shocking. And so Mike Post <laughs> and Pete Carpenter, I know, were the two uh, writers for the theme from Hunter. Uh, the other thing is there were two reboots of Hunter, uh, one a few years later, and they shot three episodes. No, they shot five episodes and ran three of them, and it was without Stephanie Kramer, with someone else, and it didn't do very well, so they didn't even air the other two. And then they did a Hunter movie in 2005, and it did very well as a one-off, you know, made-for-TV movie, and everybody was in that. Mm. And, of course, this was the second career Hunter was of Garrett Morris after he left Saturday Night Live. He became sporty, their informant. yes. I remember that. And, you know, he, he was very good at that. And I think the key to it was they took it from a very violent cop show and they lightened it up and dealt more with the relationship between Hunter and McCall. And so m much like the very successful shows that are on today, you identify with the characters, not with the plot. Mm -hmm. And that's what endears you to the show. And they pulled that off very well. Yes. So it was a great eighties cop show on NBC and, uh, Last time we saw Fred Dreyer, he was guest starring on NCIS as a bad former dirty cop. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the uh, the catchphrase works for me. Yeah, uh, that was a takeoff on Dirty Harry. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and you, still hear, you still hear that phrase used often today. Absolutely. And I am uh, one of those people. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, it says it perfectly. And in the first couple of seasons, he used that four or five times per episode. Mm -hmm. They they wanted to make it a catchphrase. They did. 
And literally, they took it and tagged it on the end of the theme song, which we just heard. Yes, and uh, of course, he always got stuck with the the lemon car. Yes, <laughs> yes. They they finally gave him a new car in the last season. Yeah, they gave a ninety LTD or something like that. Yes, and then you, of course, brought up Stephanie Kramer, who is like wow. one of the world's most beautiful women. Absolutely, eighties yeah. hair and all. Yes, uh, yes. Just lovely and. Uh, Kudos to her in one of the early episodes, her character was brutally raped mm-hmm. and Hunter went out and found the guy and killed him. And then several years later, they wanted that to happen again. And she refused. Yeah. And they wrote that out of the script. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, we've already done and, this. Yeah. We, please, we've done this. Yeah. Just lovely. And, you know, I don't know what she's up to now, but she's still lovely. Yes. And, uh, I'm sure through residuals, she did just fine. Yes. But there is one common theme you brought up in there is that um, it sounded like Fred was a little hard to work with. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Producers, co-stars, they went through three captains in the first year Mm. on the show. And finally, when they got to the third one and it worked out, they put him in the credits. Okay. You know, they were just going through lots of people and it was all on him. Yeah. You mentioned that um, he was up for the role of Sam Malone, but he ended up in Cheers as the uh, local Boston sportscaster. That is correct. Yeah, he, did, made it. he had several appearances, I believe. Yeah, he had multiple cameos on Cheers. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's a uh, that that's good that's good stuff. And uh, and as you mentioned, he was a he was a pretty good football player. He was he absolutely yep, really good. He made the you know in those days the All Star team you know for the Rams. Yeah. So. Uh, Wanted to ask you this. It, it kind of occurred to me uh, too. So um, we had talked uh, when we had played the theme from Frasier several shows ago, and talked about the reboot. Have you partaken of that yet? I have not. I have uh, the first two. They ran on CBS back to back a couple weeks ago to give it a kickstart. Oh man, I missed that. Darn. And uh, there up there have been four episodes thus far, and I've watched them all. And I will say this. It's not the original. Um, it took a while to get me going. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first couple episodes are eh, but I'm invested. And since then, episode three and four were really good. Okay. And it's very, very sharply written, which it has to be. Yes, which was what made the show great. Yes, and it's hated. absolutely. You know, just the, you know, they. he's met up with his son now. In, he's moved back to Boston, and he lives across the hall from his son in a in an apartment building. So their interaction, you know, his son can never meet his standards, and he feels that way. And it's a lot of that. But the the smart ass comments between him and his other teaching uh, cohorts at Harvard mm-hmm. are really worth it. Okay, that's a yeah. I'm 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 uh, I'm looking for an avenue to to, to start watching uh, the reboot. Um, you know, and I and I have read recently too because you know they had originally planned on having cast members from the original series. Yep. Uh, David Hyde Pierce essentially declined uh, to come back, and they're now saying, "Well, that was probably the best thing that we could have done." Yes, it is because you know we we had to really force ourselves to be creative for this new show versus maybe you know you you might have just kind of leaned back on your on your laurels and. Uh, you know, just using what works before. Yeah, and now it's only Frazier. Yeah, 
you know, I mean, because his son was a kid back then, and you know, he he makes references to Seattle, and apparently after he left Seattle, he had a TV show where he gave advice. He went to and, Chicago for that. Yes, yeah. that is correct, and that ended, and he was on his way to Paris or London, and uh, he convinced himself to stay in Boston so that he could get to know his son better. And that's where it's at. But it is like you said, you know, there's no Daphne and there's no Niles. And of course, father passed away and Eddie passed away and all those other Roz and all those other characters aren't there. And I don't know if there are any plans to. I have heard that Roz will make an appearance at some point. That would be good. Yeah. Harry Gilpin. She's very good. Yes. And I think, and and I'm okay with uh, with them doing that because they did that on Frasier with you know every you know they yeah. would bring one of the Cheers people you know yep you know uh, in fact I saw the episode that Shelley Long was on uh, yes. not too long ago that was hysterical um, so yeah so yeah I was curious because I had I hadn't seen it yet and everything I've read has been been positive but uh, knowing you know our tastes in television are probably very very similar. Yes, you know. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. Let's put it that way. Okay, so I have I have the endorsement of uh, of Jake yeah. Russell for that. So, yep. yeah. All right, so we've uh, we've uh, we've killed an hour and plus, and of course uh, we miss Joe, but uh, he'll be back on with us next time we get together, and uh, uh, we may not talk baseball next time we get together, but we'll 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 do something between now and. It's because it's a long time to the start of the baseball season again. So. Yes, it is. <laughs> and by the way, I already have my spreadsheet for next spring training. So, all right, I, I haven't chosen games yet, but I know where everyone's playing and when. Okay, so yeah, the 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 uh, you get the abacus out and start making all those calculations. That's uh, right. It was, as far as I was concerned. All right, Jay. Thanks again for being on, and uh, we'll talk soon. I appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer Self is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.